Welcome to another episode of Dinner at Our Place. I'm Steve Pierce. I'm here with my lovely and talented and beautiful wife, Jessie. Jessie, how are you doing? Oh gosh, I'm so good. How are you? I am wonderful. How was your weekend? My weekend was a spiritual experience because it was NBA All-Star Weekend. What do you what did you love most about NBA All-Star Weekend? I, I love the whole thing. I it's it's my favorite sporting event, cultural event of the year. It's basically if you love the game of basketball, it's everything that's great about the game of basketball wrapped up in a one three-day kind of feast. And uh, and then you just you just get to enjoy it all at once. You get to celebrate the game. I can see amazing athletes do amazing things with their freakish bodies, um, which is pretty great and a lot of fun. And so I just I, I love it and I I revel in it every year. So what do you love more? Do you love what you eat or do you love the actual basketball part? Uh, that is I'm going to plead the fifth because <laughs> I, I can't answer that question. Uh, I love the basketball, obviously, but. A few years ago, I, I started a, a tradition of, you know, while watching my favorite thing, I might as well also be eating my favorite food, which is a feast of chicken and waffles uh, with a bunch of wonderful sides, mac and cheese, we have a bunch of different things. I think it's the one time a year we eat fried chicken. I think we don't eat it that often, but if you're going to eat fried chicken, you should eat it with waffles because that's During how God NBA intended. During weekend. That is how God intended. Eat the fried chicken with the waffles, maybe with some mac and cheese during All-Star Weekend. It is, it is, it is pure, bliss. unadulterated bliss. <laughs> so what happened during the actual game? The game was a lot of fun. Not a lot of defense being played as, as normal. Lots of crazy fun dunks, which I enjoy. Some people don't like it, but I think it's great. Um, and you How know, were our boys? Oh, well, we talked about this last week, <laughs> and it was a big thing. Like This was the first time that Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook would be on the same team since Kevin left Oklahoma City. Uh, and so everyone was, gonna, was very nervous about, like, would Russell even pass to Kevin? I Would think they, they were both nervous too. I think everyone was pretty nervous who was involved in it. But they uh, they were only they only played on this on the floor for like a little bit together in the first quarter. But they did have a nice give and go where Russ passed it to Kevin, and then Kevin threw a really nice alley oop to Russell for a dunk, and it was. It was like the moment that everybody wanted to see that like they would at least acknowledge each other and you get a little bit of that magic back for the Aww, first time. How cute. And it, it, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It, it warmed my heart. Oh, that's adorable. Yes. It was, it was a very heartwarming moment. That's cute. Um, I have to say we were watching it with some friends and they, you and Michael Barnes... Michael and Jess Barnes, Michael and Jess close Barnes friends of the pod. And we were watching with them. And you and Michael both had like the biggest grins on your face. Well, it was like uh, just pure bliss on your faces yeah. watching watching that happen and watching the game and everything. It was very adorable. It was a, it was a heartwarming moment. <laughs> um, well, do you want to know what warmed my heart this weekend? Uh, I would love to know. <laughs> so um, I ate Taco Bell for the first time. That's right. In what, like four years? Yeah, I don't know what what motivated you to go and to Taco Bell. A commercial on TV. Uh, I guess they, <laughs> that money they paid they got their money's worth. I guess, and it was a million times better than I remembered and I was expecting. Really? Yeah, it was really great. Wow. So, Taco what, Bell. What totally was so great about it? The cinnamon twists were better than always, and this like bean and cheese. This is a not sponsored podcast by Taco Bell, but the bean they and, should be paying for this. By the way, but the rice and bean burrito was so good. 
It was so good. Who knew? A tortilla with some rice and beans and cheese could make you so happy. Like next to having you home for an extra day because it's a long weekend, Taco Bell was like the next best thing. It was great. Well, it was a great weekend in the Pierce household then. It was a great weekend. NBA All-Star Weekend. We had chicken and waffles. We had Taco Bell. We had great times with great friends. It was all all wonderful. It was. Speaking of, I guess, great friends, I guess that's a good segue into our first topic of of this podcast episode, which was we have some great, a lot of, it seems, really great friends and uh, folks that we know who have recently uh, been going through the process of buying and then for most of them renovating uh, their first homes. Yeah, it's been really fun to watch. Um, I think I've maybe been a little bit more involved than you have, but it's been really fun to see friends. Um, It's super exciting to buy your first house, right? That's a fun big milestone, but to renovate them too. It's been really fun to watch and like kind of be a sideline viewer because it's a lot less stress for me than it is then, but them, but at the same time, I'm like seeing it all happen. So it's been super fun to watch our friends, um, kind of go through these experiences and see how, see how they've handled them and like what they've done to their places to make them really great. And I'm, I'm just super proud of, of what they've done. And so it's kind of taken us on a walk down memory lane. Right, because we were kind of in that position almost two years ago now where we were buying our first home. We ended up gutting it and renovating it completely. And there's a little bit of like PTSD, I think, involved with that. Yeah, well, it was defi- it's definitely um, hard to think back to the, like that time because it was hard for us and we learned a lot. And But it's been kind of fun to like talk about. It's kind of brought up memories and like things for us to rethink and, and talk about what we did. So... Um, and I think that's I think what we it's wanted. Timely for us to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, I think that's what we wanted to do was just kind of share a few. What were kind of like the big lessons that we learned from our experience, in the hopes of you know, if maybe if someone ever listens to this podcast who's going to be in the same you know that same point of their life, um, maybe we can make that process a little bit easier and a little less mystifying for you because it is there's a lot there's a lot that goes on during yeah, all that. It's definitely overwhelming. Um but first let's talk about buying the house. Yeah, right? let's start there. Because that's a big thing and a lot of people buy and then don't renovate. So buying a house I think applies to more people, but um for us when we started, we decided for us it's been a goal for a while to before we bought like we knew buying a house was on our list of goals that we wanted to accomplish. And so it was a priority priority for us, but um, when we actually started the buying process, we interviewed, how many realtors did we meet with? Like four or five? Yeah, quite a few. It was kind of, I was kind of keeping an eye out for friends that were buying around the same time or buying right before we did. And, you know, after they closed, I'd ask, you know, did you love your realtor? What were they like? And so I collected names of four or five people and then we interviewed them, which was kind of weird because we've never done that kind of a thing together. Mm-hmm. Like you or I have never sat down and interviewed anyone for anything. So, um... But I think it was really important, and I think one of the things we did right, we made a lot of mistakes, and we did a lot of things. We just flew by the seat of our pants. But I think one of the things we did well was we picked a really good realtor. And the reason we did that, and I think we took that very seriously, was because you can only be as good as your realtor, right? Like, yeah, you have to. I think that's like the first lesson. You need to surround yourself. You with need to great surround people. yourself with great people and great a great realtor and a great lender because we also interviewed multiple lenders when it came time for the loan and all that part. Um, but surrounding yourself with the best people is the best thing you can do to get yourself the best place you can find. So I think that is 
probably the most important thing in buying a home is finding a fabulous realtor. And when I, what's fabulous for you and I might not be fabulous for somebody else. I think it's important to, when you're interviewing them, you know, see, do, would they, would you work well with them? Would you be able to communicate clearly is the way that they do things, the way that you want to do things. Um, do they listen to you? Do they listen to you? What's important to them? Is that important to you? And so one realtor might be great for one person and be not great for somebody else. I'm not saying there is like, uh, one size fits all realtor. I think it's just about finding the right person and the right team of people for you. Yeah, and I think another characteristic that you need to watch out for when you're deciding on a realtor specifically is picking someone who has experience uh, and has bought and sold uh, a lot in the area where you want to move. You want someone with expertise in your particular neighborhood or town or wherever you're going, you're trying to move because not nobody can know about everywhere. I mean, when you're moving somewhere, especially like in a city like D.C. here, where there's when we live in Northern Virginia, no one is an expert on all of Northern Virginia. There's just too much. There's too many yeah. little cities. And if there's, they tell, if they say they are, they're lying. They're probably lying. <laughs> uh, you 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 don't want a generalist. You want someone with some specific knowledge. And um, so I think that's a really important thing. Do they know the specific area where you want to live? And that leads you to you need to know where you want to live. Yeah, I think that's a thing that like where you want to live, um, whether it be like a specific neighborhood or a, like as small of area as you can realistically pinpoint it down to. Um, I think that's something you need to decide before you are serious and before you find a realtor and things like that. If you can get an idea of housing prices and can you afford it, et cetera, et cetera. But like, because the realtor can't tell you where you want to live. Yeah, you need to do some research. Like, they, they might believe in a neighborhood, but do you believe in a neighborhood? Like, you need to do the research and you need to find a place in an area that you believe in. And I think that's something that also that we did well. I don't want to toot our own horn because we will probably talk about things we didn't do so well. But we drove around, I think, every Sunday night for at least three or four months. Yep. And we drove around to all kinds of neighborhoods in Northern Virginia and scouted out places that were currently on the market and just got a feel for like what it was nearby, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and so then when it came time to pick a realtor, we could confidently say, we want one of these three neighborhoods. And, you know, I think the realtor, I think she appreciated that the person we worked with, I think she appreciated that because we had already done our homework. And so she wasn't having to get, help us narrow it down. We are to gender ourselves, which is, I think it's something you can do by yourselves. Yeah. And I think the clearer you can be with your realtor about what you want, what you're looking for, the more information you can give them is like, that's more ammo that they can use to then go out and find you exactly what you want. If you're super vague and like kind of, you know, I'm not really sure and kind of like, you know, these broad things, but not super specific, like they're essentially like trying to guess and they're trying to find you houses that, you know, you they think you might like, but they don't really and know. And that just wastes everyone's not, time. Like that wastes their time. It's not and, efficient. And it's not efficient. And we know how much I love efficiency. You love efficiency, I'm a, I'm, I think, more than maybe our firstborn son. <laughs> hey, don't say that. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. But anyway, I do appreciate an efficient approach to things. Um, so um, what else? Would you, you should, I think... Finding a realtor is great. Finding a neighborhood is great. Yeah, and once you have those things, like, and you've decided kind of on where you want to look, and your realtor is, you, you've totally clued your realtor in, and they're like taking you to see houses and stuff like that, there will come a time when there's like a house, and you're like, oh my gosh, 
we should, maybe we should, maybe this is the one. Maybe we should buy and this one. And that's when you feel like your pants are on fire and you're just like freaking out. And you're <laughs> Especially the first time you the do it. The first time you do it, exactly. You're super excited because you've never done this before and you really have no idea what's going on. And no you're idea. like, Jojo the Indian Circus Boy with this pretty new pet. And you're, it's like, oh, let's put in an offer and let's do it right away. And it's all a big whirlwind. And then sometimes you do that and you're, it's all very exciting and it's very emotional because this is a big thing. And it's, it's a big deal. It's a it's lot a, of money. It's a really big deal. It's like a milestone in your life. And then sometimes you put in that paperwork and you submit that offer and then you hear back in a day or two from the, from the seller and you don't get the house. Heartbroken. You get gutted it's like, like a fish. Did this like happen to you? You're being very... Very specific. I think I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> is this, so we put in an offer on a place, and it was the first offer, first place we saw actually, because we had done our research. We didn't need to walk through a lot of places. We knew like a specific like little three, three streets. streets that we wanted to <laughs> that live. we wanted to live in. So we a place in that three those three, three three streets came on the market. We went and looked at it. We put in an offer in that day. We found out that there was like 15 offers put in over that two day weekend when we put in our offer. So it was. The odds were got, not in our favor. It was getting a little like it was it was like escalation addendums yeah. out the Yeah, the odds the, the odds were not in our favor. We were but we were like escalating but far we above were, their asking we were, price because we, we knew ready. that's what we they were. We were ready to escalate, but so we put in the offer and that whole it was a Monday. We were just dying. Like I think both of us were just on edge, like just gonna pass out. We, we were wanted so, to know if we, we were gonna get it. Know, we got this place. And I remember getting the phone call. I think she called me, right? Or did she call you first? She called me because she couldn't reach you. I don't remember. She called me and Teresa said, you didn't get the place. And I thought I was like being broken up with. Like I was devastated. I was devastated. Because like, you've like, you've put I, your I hopes and dreams in this for place. For two days. This is the place that you thought you were gonna raise your children yeah, and you know, all was, this. And I was devastated. But I remember her saying... The first thing she said, she's like, so you didn't get the place. You know, they went with somebody else for a number of reasons. Um, But you know what? That place wasn't for you. Like, the place that you are supposed to be in, we're going to find it. Like, and it's going to work out when it's supposed to work out. And it did because... And it did work out because then the next place, we won't bore you with the whole story of how we found our current place. Maybe one day we will. But this place is was perfect for us. And it was way better. Way better. Way better. And the position and the location was better the next street over. And it was way better. And so I'm really glad we didn't get that first place. And I've actually thought that a lot. I've thought I'm so glad we didn't get that first place. So I think it's important to remember don't get discouraged. And there's a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows, but you just gotta like ride the wave. Yeah. And like it's an emotional process. It's an emotional process. Like you gotta be ready for the emotions, but it's worth it. And you'll find the place that's for you, you'll find it. Yes, absolutely. And I think the other thing, one other thing that I think people really kind of struggle with when they're getting ready to buy their first home is kind of the finances piece because it's a little complicated. And it's nobody a, talks about it. Nobody talks about it because it's, really it's kind of taboo to talk about money with like other people. Especially and like, like your friends. And it's a lot of money. Like yeah. if, you're, if you're buying in Washington, D.C., it's a lot, a lot of money. But anywhere you buy a house, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, it's not a small purchase. And so people don't really understand like how the finances work, particularly if you're doing it your first time. And so what I will just, I, I'm not qualified to give you like a housing financing 101 seminar. <laughs> With Steve Pierce. But I will <laughs> say, awesome. I, I will, I will, I'm not that smart. Uh, I don't, don't know enough math. Uh, but what I will say <laughs> is I will dispel one myth 
uh, or one, one common, what I see as a misconception, and that is people seem really tied to this idea that, you know, you should put as much money down and as a down payment on your property as you possibly can. And that, I think, traditionally was true, um, but there's a whole lot of factors that play into that decision. For example, for the last several years, we've had incredibly low interest rates in this country, just insanely low interest rates, which means that the bank is essentially giving you almost what's as close to free money as you can possibly get. Wait, there's such thing as free money. Where do I sign up? It's not free. Where do I sign up? You're only paying, you know, an (laughs) annual interest rate of like four-ish percent. If you were going to tell us where free money came from, this podcast would be number one on iTunes. It would be number one on iTunes. We would pass Pod Save America. (laughs) We would pass Pod Save America with just one piece of advice. We're coming for you, Pod Save America. (laughs) Um, but anyway, back to the interest rates. Yes, so without incredibly low interest rates, and that could change, could change very quickly. But as long as interest rates are hovering around three, four, four and a half percent, that's basically like the bank giving you free money to use on your house. And so why would you put more of your own money in when the bank is essentially going to let you have free money? Now, there's other caveats that go with that as well. If you put less down, you're going to have a bigger, you're going to have a bigger principal on your, on your mortgage. So you're going to pay more per month. So that you can put less down, that factors in, you have to be able to pay the amount, the principal amount. Um, if you were going to stay in that house for 30 years and pay off the entire length, the entire amount of the mortgage, uh, you probably want to put more down at the beginning because that's less principal you have to pay interest on. But if you're doing it like we did and we're planning to only be in this house, you know, maybe five, six years, and then we're going to move, um, it doesn't make financial sense to, wait and wait and wait and, and sink 20% uh, into a down Because you'll never be able to catch up with the house. The, right. You're never going to pay enough interest in five or six years to make that worth it. You sh- we So we decided we didn't put as little down as we could. That wasn't our approach, but we didn't put a full 20 or anything like that. Um, put less down, take advantage of the inst- interest rates, take advantage of essentially uh, you know, the banks, investment the, invest, and the investment and it plays out a little bit better in the long term financially. Um, so that's one thing I will say, uh, is that just, you know, if somebody tells you, you need to save 20%, don't feel, uh, don't feel they're kind of lying to you. They're not lying bit. to you, but don't feel like be open to other, don't feel intimidated by that. That's a good way to say it. Um, I like finances one-on-one with Steve Pierce. That was very good. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not a math guy. Like yeah. I said, <laughs> I, the only thing I will say about that is, and this is nothing new. I'm no Dave Ramsey, but it's important to save. And I think if you're getting ready to buy a home, just save as much as you can because there's in the grand scheme of a lot things, of costs associated. There's a lot with of costs it. associated with it. In the grand scheme of things, are you going to remember the dumb money you spent on dumb things? Or are you going to be happy that you have a house? And so, if I can save, if we can save, because I like to spend, if we can save, no comment. If we can save, <laughs> then anyone can save, right? That's true. It just it's 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 not always easy. Uh, but it can be Big done. Big picture, it's worth it, and I think it can be done. So, so that I think that's all of the advice we have. That was for, like a crash course. A crash course in for, buying a house. But you know what? That was the easy part. That was the easy part. Renov- renovating, and we'll talk about this after the break, renovating is a whole other beast. So in order to get you prepped for that, you need to listen to some cheerful piano music. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
All right, we're back, and now for the serious stuff, Jesse. The good stuff. Well, the first half was good stuff, too. But this is the fun part. Uh, I don't know how fun it is. I guess we'll find out. It depends on your definition (laughs) of fun. Uh, Renovating. Renovating a house is a beast. It's a beast. And I think the reason why is because when you're buying a home, you have laws and regulations and professionals that help you through every step of the way, and they legally have to help you get from point A to point B. You know, from to buying the home. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. But then once you um, once you own the home and renovations start, you got no one over your shoulder helping you out. I mean, family members, things like that. But there's no rules. There's no laws. It's kind of like this. It's uncharted. a wild west. It's a wild west, and it can go a number of directions depending. A on lot of the paths are bad. Bad, <laughs> and so I think that's the difference between buying and renovating. And buying is kind of the easy part in that sense, and then renovating, it's just like it can go any way. And so um, that's where it can get scary. That's where I think talking to people and gathering your information and resources and doing all that you can to get yourself ready for renovating is a, is a really important thing. Yeah, and I think that kind of the first big decision that you have to make when you kind of decide, okay, I've bought this home. I think I want to renovate it. And for us, I mean, we, we decided we were going to renovate kind of the whole thing. Uh, but the first big decision you have to make is, all right, am I going to do this myself and try and do all of this work myself, um, which is a big undertaking, or uh, am I going to pay the money and hire it out to professionals? And that is a that is a huge uh, question, which has a number of kind of different consequences depending on which way you go. There's just give and take. Uh, if you decide, you know, that you're you're a handy person, you like doing handy things, or you have a father or a father-in-law who's particularly good at this stuff, you can do a lot of this stuff yourself and save a lot of money. I've had friends who learned how to do stuff on basically YouTube tutorials and then like renovated a house. So you can do that and you can save a lot of money, but there are trade-offs. There's always trade-offs. There are trade-offs to that. The trade-off is you are going to spend an incredible amount of time, particularly if you're not a professional who's kind of trying to learn as you go along. You will sink pretty much your entire life, like come home from work and then work on the house from the time you get home to late into the night and then on the weekends for a long period of time. And so that's that can be the right way to go. I don't think there's any wrong way. Yeah, I don't think there's a make. wrong way. I think it just depends on who you, the personality, and you just need to know what you can handle. Right. And if that's something you can handle, that's something you're into, that's something you're interested in, then great. That was not me. That is not Steve Pierce. No, that is very much. <laughs> I am not a particularly handy person. I'm getting better. Yeah. I'm getting better, but I am not a you're handy person. You're very smart, but you're just not super handy. No, not... You could probably do it. You probably sell yourself short. I'm not even minimally handy. You you probably sell yourself short, but that was not the approach that we were going to take. Right. That's... We we We, made the decision that we were going to hire it out. We were going to bring in professionals. These are people's jobs for a reason. Um, And we were not going to have me trying to figure out, you, you know, YouTube tutorials on how to... You know, I can't even figure out a YouTube tutorial on how to, like, remove a toilet, much less put one in properly. <laughs> and you don't want to, you don't, want. pro tip, you don't want to install a toilet. Uh, wrong. Wrong. This That's is very bad. Good point. Um, yeah, so when we were hiring our contractor, who we love, um, we interviewed, what, four different contractors? Again, we did walk through, once we owned the place, we, the day after, we walked through the pl- we walked through our house with four different people and got their opinions and, and kind of talked to them for, you know, that 45 minutes, kind of saw how they communicated, how they worked, and then they all sent us bids. 
and um, we ended up going with a guy that was a good fit for us. Again, Justin Kennedy, Calibre's Home Improvement. He was Justin Kennedy. He was fabulous. If you want his information and you want to hear wonderful things about him, just email me or call me. I can go on forever about how great he is. Um, but we really liked him, and I think um, I liked him most because he kind of could read our situation. You know, we're in our late 20s at the time. We were renovating our first place. The area we bought in is a great investment, and so we were looking to make it better, but at the same time, we aren't going to live here forever. And so he could kind of read in between the lines of what our situation was and what we wanted, and he could deliver that. Um, you know, there was a lot of like lower end people we met with. There was like a higher end guy we met with that would have made this like a million dollar dream home, and I don't know how that would have even happened. Um, but so we went with kind of a middle of the road guy. For me, communication is key. And so he was a great communicator. Walking through with him, I felt comfortable. I felt like we clicked on a lot of levels. And so um, it was a pretty easy decision for us. But I think, again, interviewing multiple people and really making sure you're making the right decision is important because that person, you are putting a lot of trust and a lot of faith in that person. Right. And I think this is, you cannot like stress this enough, the importance of hiring the right contractor. I mean, most of what we're going to say is kind of going down the route of like hiring out because that's obviously what we did. We don't know the DIY route as yeah. much, although your dad did come and Our dad for a couple saved weeks the day at the end. You did some did some painting and some molding and stuff, which was really helpful. Um, but hiring the right contractor is so key, and I think the reason why this is important is because so many so many people get the imp- have gotten the impression. I think I blame this on HGTV. It's H- everything is HGTV's like, fault. People think that you can just like. Disappear. You're just going to disappear to Disneyland and you're going to come back and then like the house is going to be magically... And they're going to like move the big fence in front of your house and they're going to be like, here's your beautiful new home, exactly how you want it. And everybody's crying and happy. That's not real life. That's not real life. Unless you're Chip and Joanna Gaines because... But that's even, that's just not real life. Chip and Joanna Gaines aren't real life. No contractor can read your mind. That's exactly right. And so you have to, it's really important that you find someone who's, who gets as close as they can to like being in sync with you. But you need to understand from the beginning, like you have to be there. This is not a spectator sport. They're not going to read your mind. You're not going to disappear and come back and it's going to be exactly what you want. You're going to have to be there. Um, No one else is going to care about that result as much as you do. So you're going to have to be there every day, every other day, um, checking out the work, checking on the progress, making sure they're doing what you want them to do. Because they're going to do the best they can if you're hiring somebody that's great for you. They're going to do the best they can, but they don't, but they need you just as much as you need them. They need guidance. Just like your realtor needs guidance and information and clarity, your contractor needs that, I think, maybe even more so because they're talking about actual, real, tangible things here that they're building. HGTV is the worst for this, but HGTV is also the worst because they totally have no realistic sense of labor costs. And that's, that's just, I'm just going to throw that out there. That's as a just a like, pet peeve. Like, it's just a major pet peeve that HGTV, those people on those shows, they're not charging as much for labor because... They're not, sure, they're, not pay, they're mostly yeah, yeah, yeah. not paying for labor at all. But labor is expensive. And so people the watch this show and they're part. like, oh, well, this is what it's going to be. No, that times four because they're not taking into account labor. Right. So the, you, you watch like Chip and Joanna Gaines and someone gets like a beautiful, fully renovated home for like $80,000. And you're like, well, A, it's in Waco, Texas, which is one of the cheapest places to buy homes in, in the entire country. And it's one of the cheap, Texas generally is a very cheap cost of materials as well. Um, so that's A, why it's cheap. And you're not going to be able to do that in Washington, D.C., for example. But B, 
they're not paying labor because the labor that the crew is taken care of by the show because you're on the show. Um, so they're basically just paying for materials for the most part. Yeah. And so it's, I think it can be misleading for mm. folks. And then they get into the situation themselves and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this costs so much. It's not, it's totally out of the ballpark of what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it, it, it sets unrealistic expectations. So Steve, I think one thing you did really well, and I, so I want you to kind of expand on this is once we picked a contractor, like how we move forward, like what we kind of did in that first phase. Yeah, I think managing your contractor and kind of figuring out how that relationship works is really essential, right? To actually getting the end product that you want and him being able to do his job and you being able to uh, get what you want. I think that to your point, Jesse, communication is really key and kind of figuring out how is that process going to go? How is he literally down to the very specific things of how is he going to communicate with you? Is he text gonna, message. Is it he was gonna, fabulous. Is he going to send you texts? Is he going to call you? Is he going to email person? What is he actually going to respond to? Because you need somebody to be responsive to you when you have questions or concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, when figuring out like how often do you go by? Do you just stop by and announce? Is there a time that like you they want you to be there? Or like, like I didn't just things? live here. You, you kind of did that. We were really fortunate that you had a very flexible job that allowed you to spend a lot of time... And flexible pregnancy. ...going around buying materials <laughs> and flexible pregnancy. The pregnancy was less flexible. Um, but Eating you, saltine crackers and ginger ale as I was driving all over the place looking for tile. Yes. That was fun. So you spent a lot of time. And I think one of the big things kind of to that point is you we, we kind of found that we needed in like the human relationships category, we needed a good cop and a bad cop. We needed roles. And I think that was not planned, but it kind of happened and it worked really well for us. So like you, so I was kind of the day to day. I was here like the cheerleader, but I also stood my ground. But like I checked in once a day. Sometimes I came by twice a day, depending on the day. And I was here for everything. Like I was kind of the front lines picking where the electrical outlets went and where the lights went and all those kinds of things. But then when we needed to have hard conversations, that's where Steve really shined, was like being the bad cop that was not... You were you were nice. You're always nice. I'm a very nice person. But you were, you were like... You were firm. And, I, and, and it was good... Which to, doesn't come natural to which me. Which doesn't come natural, I could tell, but you were really good at it. And you were firm and you put your foot down at certain times at certain things and you negotiated like a pro. And you could do that because I couldn't play both those roles. And so I think that worked really well. So you need somebody that's going to kind of do the everyday, going to be the good cop, and then somebody that can be like the more... Be the heavy, that comes in and like puts the, puts, the, puts the foot down when, when, it, it, really ne- when it needs to be. To be. And so yeah. I, I wasn't there every day. I came, you know, every couple of days, or sometimes I'd come at night after they'd left and gone home just to check things out. Um, and I am, I'm an incredibly detail-oriented person. Uh, and so I would find the smallest things that I, I would notice that were off it just a little bit. It was kind of obnoxious sometimes. But I got but what was, I wanted. Yeah, you know, you got what you wanted for sure. And if was, you're going to pay that much money to do something, you yeah. should get exactly what you want. It's true. And about money, you will run out of money. That is a like, certainty. There are a few things in life that are for sure. If you do a renovation, you will run out of money. You, it just it is will always it always costs more than you think. It it's always going costs to cost. more than you think, and you will run out of money. So I think a good point with that is kind of have a big picture of where you're going to spend your money going in, and it will change. That it's, it's never going to be exactly what you thought, but kind of like like space it out, and so you know, because like for us. 
I didn't realize how expensive countertops were. And countertops were one of the last things we chose. And so our selection was dramatically decreased by the fact that we only had X amount of dollars to spend. We'd spent those dollars elsewhere. We'd spent those dollars elsewhere without realizing it. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to... um, to do your research, kind of have a big game plan. Um, of course, ask friends and stuff for advice. But the most important thing you can do, if you do nothing else, and I've actually told our friends who are doing this renovate, who, or who are renovating, and I will tell anyone who's renovating, it is never too early to start picking out your finishes because that is money that you can actually control, yeah. right? So know what kind of tile you want. I mean, pretty pictures on Pinterest are great, but like you got to figure out what tile you want, what paint do you want? I mean, paint's cheap, so that doesn't really count. But countertops, cabinets, flooring, um, appliances, like all those kinds of things. Know what you want and know what it's going to cost you so you can have all of your information going into it and you know where you might have space to splurge or where you need a pinch and things like that. Right. And it's also, you know... My it, splurge was a microwave. Yeah. The, the drawer microwave. If which, you come to my house, I will show it to you. It's it's a, it's the center point of our home. No, uh, it's, it's, a, it's not. A beautiful, it's, it's really, we gather around the microwave every day. Gosh, we're not that have, weird. Have a nice prayer we to the microwave We are not that gods. weird. Oh my gosh. People are going to think we're weird and they probably think you're serious. I'm, I'm not serious for the record. But I think that's a really good point. And I think the other, the other side of that coin is once you push go and you start... Like things move fast, and Gosh, I remember so the fast. the next like we signed demo the, demo day is like incredibly fast. It's, it's like crazy. Over. Like the place is gone in a day. They rip yeah. it out in a day, and I remember the day after we signed the contract. Like the, I don't even think the ink was dry. Justin, our contractor, said, "Okay, so I'm going to need the bathroom tile by like tomorrow." So like, and we were to- like. What? We hadn't thought about that at all. Wait, where do you buy tile? We didn't even know. So, I mean, it moves fast. And if you're doing like we're doing where we, you know, we were buying the buying the materials ourselves, a lot of the materials, um, especially the finishes, they bought the building materials, but to avoid markup that most contractors will, will charge to go buy it for you. We negotiated buying our own finishes. Yes, which is which you should definitely do if you can do it and you have the time to do it. But you need to, it's, there's a lot to buy and you need to be ready to go buy it because they need it quick. And they yeah. need it there so that when they get to that part of the house, it's there and they can do it and not have to wait on you. If you ever want to go finish your shopping, and I will come with you. I love shopping for finishes. She will fly across the country to shop for finishes with you I on love. her own dime. I will. Well, for that's only not true. People. That would be my dime, and that's not happening. <laughs> um, but finishes, it, it's fun. But you gotta just you gotta do it as early as you possibly can. Like if you're even thinking about renovating, start shopping for finishes. It doesn't hurt to have more information. More yeah. is always a good thing. Yes, more information. I think is like the big rule across buying the home, renovating the home. More information. The more information you can have, the more information you can give to the professionals that you're working with. More information is never bad. Uh, I would say the other one thing, kind of piggybacking on your finishes thing. When you're deciding where you're going to spend your money and you're mapping out what you want to spend your money on. I would say generally, and this is a general one, there are exceptions to this rule, which I'll mention, but generally you want to invest in what you can see as much as possible, particularly if you're hoping to get- So you don't want to take like $10,000 and like bury it underneath like the subfloor? No, no. (laughs) Well, this is like the subfloor is a great example. Like there are things that you need to do to like have the house be stable. Like 
making sure there's a found the foundation is is not cracked, making sure the subfloor and is plumbing straight, is making good, sure and the electrical are good. is good. Like all those things are really important, and hopefully, 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 you can avoid spending money That's on that called stuff. Ugly money. That's ugly money. You want to spend your money on the stuff people can see. Pretty money. Pretty money. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Very good. Very good. Because when people, if you're going to sell that house, when someone comes to walk through it, they're not going to look at your foundation and be like, oh, this is a beautiful foundation. They really they really spent a lot of money on this foundation. They're going to say, oh, the foundation seems like it's good. That's good. Now, if you have a cracked foundation- Now, how does your kitchen look? Yeah. They, they, and there are a few things that really sell. Kitchens, number one. If I look at a house and the kitchen, like the whole house could be gorgeous, but if the kitchen is just like, meh, I'm out on that house. The kitchen. Oh, don't say that. No, the kitchen. And the, and think about it. But if, then I could redo it. Right. Just this is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. When people are looking at a house, a lot of people aren't going to renovate the entire thing. And if you have a nice home, like yeah, no, they're, no, they're not, not looking. But yeah. a lot. But some people will renovate certain parts. But the thing that is the most expensive to renovate is the kitchen. Yeah. Kitchens are expensive. And so if you come into a home and has a beautiful kitchen and, you know, maybe the bathrooms are, you know, not as great. But you as a beautiful kitchen, that's one less thing you have to worry about spending a lot well, of money on. Well, you could on. spend as much money on a kitchen as you could on three bathrooms and other right. things around. You could do a bathroom for, you know, five grand or whatever. No. Like you could conceivably do a bathroom. Ten. Let's be real. We, someone has a richer taste in finishes than others. No. I, all right. We'll leave it at that. I think it's ten. Somewhere in the in that range. Probably. Jesse's probably. I don't think Steve remembers how much the tile was on the floor of our bathroom. <laughs> Well, you could get cheaper tile, um, but that's no fun. That it's probably not as fun. You're right. Um, but kitchens, floors, floors. People love nice floors, um, hardwood floors. I'm particularly partial to uh, things that people can see. Now there are exceptions. Like I said, if there's things that need to be fixed, like uh, the foundation, obviously you have insulation. To that was our experience is we had a couple things, and this is to Jesse's point about you will run out of money. There will be things if you're ripping out Unless walls, you're doing a new build. Unless you're doing a new build. And our house was 70-something years old when we bought it. So this is old. And a lot of the stuff in here that we found was original. And so when we ripped out the walls, there was things that we found that the contractor was like, you don't have to replace this stuff. Like the plumbing, for example. These are you know original galvanized pipes or whatever. You don't have to replace them. But, you know, if they close up inside and explode, you'd it, it's going to be expensive to rip everything out that water, we just did. Oh, water damage uh, is expensive. Repair, put in the new pipes, and then redo it all. Yeah. So you might as well do it while it's open. And that happened with us on insulation, too. They right. took off our, they opened up the ceiling upstairs, and there was no insulation. And I was like, this was towards the end, and we were out of money, and I was just so sad and pregnant. Let's remind everyone that I was pregnant during very all this. Very sad and very pregnant. And so I called my dad and I was like, Dad, there's no insulation upstairs. They just told me that we can add some. And my dad, like, no hesitation. He was like, insulation is always a good thing. Like, it sucks. It's like, you got to put it in, but you are going to be so happy. And I am almost every day, maybe every other day, I'm so grateful we did that insulation. So there are things that you that do improve your quality of life that you can't see, but you just got to map it out as best as you can and try to put the money where it's most efficient. Yeah, and the insulation is the type of thing that will save you money actually down the road because your heating bill, your cooling will be will be bill will be less. And we've gone into people's homes who live in our neighborhood who, you know, these are old homes who maybe didn't change and invest it's in insulation. Super hot in the summer and, and it's cold in the winter. So hot in the summer and our, ours is always so, so so pleasant, so nice and temperate, so temperate. <laughs> um, which is and it saves you money, which is great. So there's certain things, certain ugly money is okay. Like insulation is a great one, but generally. You want to spend the pretty money. Yeah. Spend oh, I like, I, I'm all about that. 
I'm all about finishes and things like that. If you can, if you can help it, that's kind of the fun part. Um, but it's not always fun. It's, it's actually, it's not normally fun at all. It was not fun at all. It's more fun looking back. I feel like I'm kind of experiencing that thing. Like after you're pregnant and have a baby, you forget about all the bad stuff. I've kind of like after renovating, I have forgotten about all the bad stuff and I'm like itching to do it again. Well, let me remind you I'm like itching to do it again. But I'm not because we're not doing it again, but I'm like itching to do another renovation. It would be kind of fun because I think I've learned a lot the first time around. And one of the things that I cannot stress enough is that there will be stress throughout the whole thing. It's a very, very stressful, stressful process. We, we was very, very, very stressful. Super hard. And you don't necessarily like win at doing a renovation. You just got to survive it. You just got to get through it. And I Make told it this, through. I've told this to our friends and it, it's easier said than done, but like, at, during a renovation, you are putting in all of the work and all of the money and all of the time, and you are not reaping any of the reward. But as soon as the renovation is done and you're living in that house and your life goes back to normal and you have no not as much chaos, you know, you should have your day-to-day life, you will be so happy that you did the renovation and you will be able to live in it and you'll be able to enjoy and reap the rewards of all your hard work. And so I think that's just something really important to remember, um, to like be mentally ready as you go into the renovation, that this is going like to be super battle. hard. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Um, you need to be mentally ready to like be patient and stay calm and see the big picture. And I, I just don't think you can stress and I can stress enough the importance of being like mentally ready and like and just kind of having the headspace to make hard decisions and to go through hard things and stressful things because spending a lot of money is not fun. It's always stressful, but. If you can just get through it and you will survive it, you will live. Yeah. And then maybe. It, and then it will be fabulous and then you'll love your place and it will be a fun story. Right. Just keeping the perspective that this will end. It will be good at the end of this. It will be worth it. And you will have you'll learn something. And I think that's like the big thing is that you will learn something about yourself. You'll learn something about if you do it with a husband or a wife or a partner, you'll learn something, you'll learn things about that person uh, and you'll be, I think, better for it. And I think I would actually like to know, uh, I learned I learned some things about you, Jesse. Well, so we had been married like what, six or seven years by the time we did this? Yeah, six and years. And we had known each other 10 years? Yeah, 10 years. So I thought I knew everything about you. Little did you know. But I learned something really great about you. And I think... Something that you're really good at, something you're really good at that I'm not so good at. And I think that's why it became more evident during the renovation. But you are really methodical. You think things through. You don't talk them, you don't talk out loud about making decisions, which kind of drives me crazy because I want to talk about it and you just want to think about it by yourself. But so the way we get to our decision making, I might not agree with, but once you make a decision, I know you have thought it through, you've thought through every possible scenario, and you stick with that decision, and you are 100% committed, and you know that's the best, the best decision that I don't second-guess my decision. You don't second-guess yourself, and like you are ready to move forward. I don't come to decisions easily, but once I do, I'm not going to second-guess myself, A, because I feel like I thought about it, but B, like... Because once you put the tile on the wall, like you, you can't we, take the tile off the wall without spending more money. So it's, it's done. Like it's done. <laughs> but you are really good at that. And I think that's something that really helped me because I'm not that way. And so I was really impressed by your ability to like make a decision. And once you make a decision, you just stuck with it. And that kept us moving. Once you buy the airline ticket, Jesse, you don't go back the next oh, week and see could, how much, see if it went down in price. what if it went down in price? <laughs> then you just drove yourself insane. You but, don't look. <laughs> 
This I, isn't. We've never talked about this before. Never. By the way. Yeah. Um, one thing that I learned about you, Jesse, is well, I learned a couple. I learned a lot of things about you. Two things. One, you have a great eye for design. Like our. I don't know, again, I don't want to toot our own home, but I think that we did a great job as under the circumstances. Our first time out with this, with our house, I think our house is beautiful, and a lot of that, all of that, basically, is uh, to you and like having a great eye for design and putting in the work uh, and the research and looking at other people's places in the neighborhood to see what other people did and all that goes into that. It's not just having a great eye; it's putting in the work to make that happen. You mean knocking on our neighbor's door to see the layout of the house? Can I come into your house was and it look creepy? at it? It was pretty creepy, but it was creepy in a way that benefited me, so I was okay with it. <laughs> um, I'm a creep. And then the other thing I would say is that. I knew this about you, but you're you're incredibly persistent, um, and that's why you're like the. You, it was good for you to be the day to day good cop because you were here every day, and you were always you were asking him, and you were and you were and you were asking the questions, and you were checking on things. Um, but you, I think that what really made that work for you is that you have the ability to do that and get people to do things for you without necessarily getting nasty and confrontational. Like you're really good at like charming no, charming them was, into doing what, what you it want. Was, I'd be like, hey Francisco, can you guys like add three more canned lights upstairs? I'm gonna go pick up some pizza. Do you guys want some pizza for dinner? <laughs> pizza solves everything. <laughs> yeah, like hey it's like 4 30 you guys are gonna be here late putting in those canned lights you're gonna do for me. For free. For free. Can I go get you guys twenty dollars in pizza? Like it makes everything better. Yeah, and sometimes you do need the like tough conversations and be the you know be hard and be and 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 stand up for what you want. But I think you did a really good job of of winning people over with the the honey instead of the vinegar, uh, <laughs> catching the, catching those flies and getting the free canned lights and every, all the other things, which I thought was very impressive and speaks very well of of you. Uh, and I think that if we ever do this again, Jesse, it was I will say. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of stress. It was a lot of it was not conflict at times. A lot of conflict at a times. A lot of I'm decisions. not going to lie and say it wasn't conflict. There was a lot of conflict. I remember being at the counter place and being like, Steve, you do not work well with others. Which is true. I don't. I'm a, I'm a solitary worker. I'm an introvert. Um, but if we... I, I imagine we'll do something similar to this again. We'll reno- we'll renovate something, maybe not gutting an entire we place. We will renovate again. Je- okay, we will renovate again. Jesse's decided. But if and when we do, uh, I think that, A, we've learned some things about ourselves. We've learned some things about how this crazy process actually works. And I think we'll be we'll be set up for success again because we did it once and we're still here. So That's we true. survived. We, we made out of one, although we got close to winning, I think. But we survived. It's true. Well... I think that's enough. I think that's enough. Yeah, if you want more info, call call me, text me. Call Jesse. I'll talk about this kind of stuff all day long, but I don't want to bore people who might not be renovating or buying anytime soon with more of this. Yeah, so if you're not planning on renovating or buying anytime soon and you're still listening, good on you. Thank you for listening. And I promise you next time we will have something that is not Home improvement. <gasps> next adjacent. week is going to be my favorite episode. Oh my goodness. Yes, next week's is going to be great. Well, we'll leave you with that. On Tenterups, we will not tell you what's going to happen. Oh, it's going to be fabulous. But, needless to say, you should tune in next time for dinner at our place. <laughs> <laughs>